Are we on? Oh, oh I guess I'm supposed to do the intro. I'm distraught. I'm you all out of sorts. Do the intro. I know. You're but, on tilt. We've got keepers completely on tilt today. Listen, I I could see it. You know, when we log in and it asks you to like test your mic and everything, I could see the sound wave like bumping up. I didn't realize that it was because somewhere in the universe there's music playing. I'm in a dead yeah. silent room. Oh, I could hear nothing. Music. It sounded like pong. One hundred percent like arcade. Yep. It was like yeah. beep beep like beep, old school beep, beep, beep. space invaders. Yeah. That's All right. Great. I'll tell my accountant I had to buy a new new uh, podcast microphone and have to explain why. It wasn't I don't even think the, it's mic. the microphone. I think it's your my computer, computer's bro. Bro. computer's yeah. brand new. Yes, you got to get a new computer. No, well, you need to get some lights in your house first of all. Yes, I just so need someone to teach me how to do the light stitch. I have I mean, lights. Open your. Open I mean, your I, it made it worse when I did it. I got this whole thing. We can go back. Yeah, that's not great either. That's good. <laughs> I don't understand. You, you look like you just walked into an abandoned house for this podcast. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, the blooper, the blooper to... reel from this is just going to be amazing. Welcome to In the Doghouse, a podcast by Underdogs Athletics, a true podcast for the underdogs, by the underdogs. We don't have the right equipment. We don't know how to use it, but we got Sroka in the back. Thank you, Alex. Um, So, I mean, initially we talked a lot of our intention was to talk about Rogue and sort of get excited about some of the athletes we have going. But, you know, by the time we actually got around to doing this now, we also have Wadapalooza workouts being released. So it'd be good for us to touch on both. Maybe first, Justin, talk a little bit about Rogue preview and then we'll jump into the workouts. Yeah, I I just think, you know, obviously really exciting for our camp, Um, you know, to have two two qualifiers, obviously from the games with Alex and Bailey, but then to have uh, Kyra and Ricky qualify through the qualifier. Uh, We have four athletes competing, uh, which I, unless I am wrong, which I don't think I'm wrong. I think we, we have at least tied for the most athletes competing um or, or possibly have the most athletes competing we have 10 percent of the field uh which is you know uh incredibly exciting and obviously all of us i know are extremely proud of that um should be a hell of a weekend and i know we're all very excited about it um you know we're still a couple of months well six weeks away or so um but uh but in general you know that's obviously uh since the games um you know something that's been fantastic that's happened uh and now we um we have uh wadapalooza qualifiers starting this week so i know that's something that we're going to dive into we'll take a look at the workouts uh take a look at what we what we think about them uh, other things that have gone on since the games just quickly to touch on, um, obviously iron games, uh, we had some fantastic performances at iron games, which was great. Uh, you know, NorCal, uh, where, where we had again, some, some really great performances in multiple divisions. Um, Dakota can talk a little bit about that. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, Wadapalooza coming up. So there's a lot of things, um, you know, for an off season, um, to, to keep everybody busy. How many weeks post op is Ricky? Are we still <laughs> counting in weeks? It's been that that short of a time. <laughs> is it, I yeah, we, I think we can talk months now. Five, five months. Five months. Okay, okay. Five months. Yeah. And Nate said he would be um, full go in about eight months. Um, so, so he'll be. He's so he's still, not full go, but he's still beating everybody in the world. In oh the world yeah, qualifier. I mean, well, I mean, everybody people. in the qualifiers, yeah, yeah, in the qualifiers, which is a pretty freaking stacked field. <laughs> yeah, just about everybody besides like ten or fifteen people. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, I mean, you still had a ton of guys that 
you know, made final cuts in the games, you know, top 20. Uh, and then obviously guys that didn't, who were expected to, and then some of the best in the world that didn't quite make the games. Uh, yeah, it was a, a relatively stacked field. Um, and he was probably about 70%, 75% as far as not when I, when I, let me clarify that 75% when it comes to anything overhead. So and there was a lot of shoulders. Correct. Snatch yeah. workout and overhead squat workout. He hadn't come close to touching those weights uh, since prior to surgery. So um, we weren't even sure he was going to be able to get through it. Uh, he also gave himself a little bit of a wrist issue <laughs> because of the overhead squat workout um, and uh, had to strap that baby up for the, uh, for the snatch workout but was able to, to gut it out and get through it and, and now has been able to take a couple of weeks off since the Rogue qualifier to uh, then be able to prep for Rogue. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's a mutant. We all know that, you know. Um, well, I think he's one of the few guys in the world that you would say is like realistically on any given workout or set of tests, he's only competing with like a set of maybe eight guys in the world. So when you look at this qualifier, it's like it was a stacked field, but even still, that's not the community that Ricky's running with when it comes to workouts. Like for him to finish outside the top 10 on anything in the world is kind of a big deal. And so we expected him to do well. It was just about mitigating some of the losses on things like the, the overhead squat, the power snatch, the handstand pushups that he just doesn't have capacity back on. And he did, he did great and almost killed yeah. himself in the process, but he did great. That's Ricky, right? Yeah. And we have to expect a, a little, uh, there's always going to be a level of almost killing himself, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you're not risking it at all, it's not Ricky. That's it. But yeah, so that, that was exciting. But uh, but yeah, how was NorCal, Dakota? NorCal was good. It's always a, a fun environment out there. Uh, you're on the Natomas Lake and the weather was, it was like Vegas. It was like 90 degrees every single day. It was really hot. Um but we had we had like twelve or thirteen total underdogs competing, mm -hmm. uh, and so we had teenagers, masters, elite men, elite women, teams S scaled. Um, yeah, yeah, scaled. We, we had people doing their first comps. It was it was really cool for the like the online coaching presence. You know, just about everybody that was there is pretty much part of our one on one online coaching platform, um, and so. That was like a good chance for them to get into a bigger comp. You saw some some of those names get added in last minute. You know, CrossFit Games champ, uh, Brittany Weiss, you know, second place, Tim Paulson, a couple other, you know, like perennial games athletes got thrown in there. And Sean so Sweeney. Get, yep, yeah. Sean Sweeney, you know, CrossFit Cowboy. He won uh, 25 grand. It was, it was cool. So like the last few years, they've definitely ramped up, you know, went from three grand when Leo won to five grand last year and 25 grand for the first place this year. So like that, that competition is definitely building, um, in size sponsorship, peculiar test though. No, <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of like tests. their thing, you know, uh, <laughs> they, they love doing like firsts. They love doing like, they definitely aren't a hybrid CrossFit strength competition. They are a CrossFit competition, but they'll throw in things like vertical jump, broad jump, uh, med ball overhead throw, like some different power development uh, components, and then weird things like backwards handstand walking, double dumbbell alternating, single arm hang power snatch. Like it's just, yeah. it, it just some of them seem a little silly, but uh, they're wild cards. It definitely makes for an interesting, you know, leaderboard shakeup on some of those. Yeah, and 
only because I know that we're a little bit time limited today. I think it would be good for, it would be cool for us to get into the Waterpalooza workouts for week one, especially knowing that some people have maybe already started them at the time of recording this, or they will be tomorrow. But um, I think they're cool tests. I think the one big difference this year from at least the last few years is that uh, in the individual on the in the individual test, it is not separate qualifiers for Elite and RX from intermediate and scale. I think mm-hmm. what they've done this year is they've made it one continuous backfill process. So everybody's doing the same set of workouts and they will fill the elite with their, I think it's 20, and the next 40 will be in RX, and then the next grouping will go to intermediate and it kind of fil- filters itself down, which is super interesting. And I think that probably has some indication into why the programming will have to be a certain way because it has to be almost like the 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 CrossFit Open, honestly, where it's palatable for everybody, but still provides room to be able to separate the best in the world from the rest of the world. Yeah, let's take a look at them. Um, That's code for Justin hasn't looked at them yet. No, I know <laughs> that first one is disgusting. <laughs> squat and lateral burpees. Oh my god. So yeah. I think it's I think it's important with these and hopefully people kind of know this and they've seen this in the past, but you know, workouts are ordered one, two, and three, but because they're all just due Monday night, you don't have to do them in that order. So of these workouts, what we have is, you know, the first workout is a 15 minute AMRAP. That's really high volume looking at like probably a hundred plus reps of front squats, burpees, and toe to bar for a lot of individuals. Yeah. How many weights, how many weights did they put in there for rounds? They put in five different weights. Uh, I did some math on if you were to finish the fourth bar. So that's the round of 185, 125 that would average out to 24 reps a minute through the whole workout. Um, and I just don't see anybody sustaining a pace that fast or faster for that long, um, where that round five weight is going to come into play for maybe anybody more than a couple of the best athletes in the world, because you're talking about like for 15 minutes, sustaining 24 reps a minute of squatting burpees and total bar. That's, that's pretty impressive. And so I would guess that for a lot of people, we're looking at trying to get into that fourth bar and then seeing how much work you can get done before that time cap. Well, Keith, you had a couple of people test this. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, what were, what were their, um, thoughts? Yeah. So I had some, I had some people test it two different ways. I had some people do a nine minute AMRAP. I had some people do the first two bars for time with the thought in mind that you're doing it at a pace you would do for 15 minutes, not treating it as just two rounds for time. And what I was finding from people is that anywhere from basically about just under four minutes per bar to just over four minutes per bar as an average. So like three forty-five to four and a half was kind of what we were looking at. So, you know, to me, if you do the easy math on that four minutes per bar, 16 minutes to get through four bars. So it's just outside of the time cap. So I think it's very realistic to expect people to be in the middle of the fourth bar, especially if you're looking to make RX or elite. And you have to change your own weights on that one, right? On, I actually haven't read that piece of it yet, but the weight changes, they came up with really simple weight changes for this. I think yeah. they did a good job making it easy for us to jump between. It's just slapping on a couple of tens or 15s each jump. Yeah. But if you're talking about 24 reps a minute and you just right. took 20 seconds. No, it says time. athletes may have assistance changing loads. Okay. Rounds. okay. Um, so, so it might be a little faster, but it looks like not two separate barbells or three separate yeah. barbells. But I would say, I mean, you know, just, just kind of strategy wise, this is a workout that's kind of a trap in two ways. It's a trap in that you're starting at the light barbell uh, where, you know, you're going to feel like Superman for the first couple of rounds through, and then everything gets a little heavy as you get into it. But the second trap that I actually really like is that it's basically ladders of 10, eight, six, four, two reps. And so the 10 and the eight, each bar are going to feel tough 
And then the six to four, the two feel the way they do at the end of a workout. Like if you've ever done 10 to one type workouts, that round of four, three, two, one is really easy. So I think you'll get this like escalating feeling of like, I'm reaching the end. I'm starting over again. I'm Mm -hmm. reaching the end. And I think that that will kind of sucker people into going too fast, too early, thinking that those fours and twos won't matter. Do you think anyone gets to the end? I don't think, I think that because it's an AMRAP, they needed to make sure that they created enough bar weights that nobody would get past it. So I think that you may see some people put on the last weight for sure, but I don't see them getting very far. I don't think you're going to have much time at all to do a bunch of work on it. Maybe some squats, Okay, but I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. What have I done? What do I, I, mean, I feel like this will be a great one for Kyra, um, obviously. Yeah. And I and I think that she'll be someone obviously that will will get a good idea of what the capa- what you know people's capacity are. Um unfortunately she has I think that she has less motivation than some people looking to qualify will because she's doing it as a tester for our athletes, whereas a lot of people are gonna be doing it trying to fight for a spot. Right. Right. I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. That um, range of motion has got to help out. You know, we're talking for sure. reps. strength too. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and yes, yeah, silly strength. <laughs> yeah. You're, strong. you're looking at, you know, some of the like very um, like squat capacity, strong athletes that are small, that are a little bit shorter where cycle speeds gets, is like faster to do well in this work. I think like who would Colton. come in top hundred? Yeah, who comes Colton in top? Who would 50? win this by a lot? <laughs> yeah. who, who comes in top fifty in the world in an open workout with a lot of squatting and burpee type of movements? That's kind of what you're looking at. Yeah, um, but I think it's good. I, I do think though that of the three workouts in weekend one, this is the one to do last in order. So you know, with workout two being a a heavy snatch, workout three being in more of an interval workout. I think you know our plan is to do the snatch lift first, get it out of the way do the interval workout the same day. And then the next day fresh do workout one, which is going to be the most volume, the most destructive. And in that sense, I think that you get all three of them done probably in the course of 36 to 48 hours or sorry, 24 to 36 hours. You know, we're going to do two of them Friday, one Saturday, and then you have Sunday and Monday to decide if you want to redo any or all of them. Cool. All right. Let's look at uh, workout two. Yeah. That's the snatch complex. Yeah. I kind of like it. What are you telling your athletes as far as percentage of, um, of a, of a one rep max? So I think, I think that a lot of people could expect to fall in the 85 to 90% range for this It's three reps, two of them being from the hang. So that obviously there's some, some implications for how your grip strength is, whether or not you feel stronger from the ground or from the hang, but you can do them any way you want. Um, you don't have any sort of buy-in to this prior. So like, this is the type of workout where you can warm up all the way up towards that weight. And then you can start the clock, the camera, and just do one attempt at your like reaching load. And if it doesn't work, you can just stop the clock and do it again. So I think that you'll see people really try to inch out those last couple of pounds. My guess is that probably trying to get towards 90% of your max is going to be what you're looking for. You know, I already got two or three texts from people that were like, do you think this weight will be good enough? I think it's the type of workout, like it doesn't matter if it's good enough. You just have to be able to maximize what you can do and you can't control anything else. Um, so you see Guy doing like a bunch of extra overhead squats. Did you guys see the yeah. asterisks on this one? The tiebreaker? Yeah. yeah. So I guess you're going to have to, once you determine what your goal weight or top weight is, right? I mean, that's the one to to hit those extra overhead squats in. So it's going to sure. be, it's going to be strategical in, in, in a way to, you know, say to yourself, okay, what There's am I? There's no way that's a word. 
Yeah. Well, it's a word today. Um, <laughs> you're going to have to be strategical um, and you're going to have to determine what weight uh, you can say, okay, I'm satisfied with that. Let me do my overhead squats. Right. Because yep. ultimately we're, we know people are going to, there are a ton of people are going to tie. Um, so you've got to figure out what that weight is for you that, that you're like, okay, cool. And then you, you hit some of the extra overhead squats. Um, yeah. And I, yeah, I really, you know, I initially thought of this as like, okay, try to get two attempts in the minute one that's like pretty good, maybe do one or two overhead squats after, and then take some rest and then go for your reaching weight after. But I just don't see any reason to do two attempts in the time frame. I think you just go after your, your best effort because you could repeat this as many times over as you want to within reason. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, am... I think that if you use, sorry, Justin, I didn't mean to cut you off. I was saying oh, people will, will ask the weights. I think if you use, you know, depending on if you're trying to be RX or elite in that realm, if you use semifinals as an indication, it seems like 185 as a max 185, 190 is kind of the tipping point for like the top third of athletes. So if you build off of that and you say, you know, okay, 190 was like top 15 at semifinals. So it's top quarter of the field, um, you know, times point. 90% of that is 170. So I think that, you know, looking at that 170, 175 range is probably if you're somebody that's pretty strong at it, looking to try to like be just above the curve, I think that's probably a weight you could expect to see. I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, but this is going to be weird because there's one qualifier for everybody. So I think you're going to see after week one that like there's some specialist people that maybe are RX to intermediate athletes that happen to have a really big snatch and they shake up the leaderboard on week one and you have to wait for the workouts on week two before you feel more confident in like where you fall and things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't mind it. Um, I think it's a pretty, I think it's a pretty good workout, especially for a qualifier. Again, I'm just not a huge fan of, you know, having, um, strength bias tests like this in a, you know, in a, in a maybe five or six workout event yeah. type qualifier. I just think it, it skews the leaderboard in, you know, heavily. Um, but at least it's a complex and at least it's a snatch. So, it, would, so it's yeah. something obviously that's more technical, um, you know, but still, I think like you talked about Kiefer, we are going to see after week one, the leaderboard is not going to look at all like that after week two, because it's going to skew massively for those who are really, yeah. really strong. And I think they did do a good job though, of like the other two workouts in this week are very open style, open yes. ass. You're going to see fit people win those workouts, which will counteract the snatch a little bit. Um, and then I think, you know what, like Waterpalooza is definitely a showcase style event. There's always a lift when you get there. So I think it's perfectly fine for them to filter out for that sort of strength. If that's the sort of test and show that they want to put on for spectators. Yeah. Uh, workout cool. three is my favorite one of these three though, for sure. Uh, I just think it's unique. I think it's cool the way they did it. You know, it's, it's for time, it's 15, 20, 25 of five different movements. You have cow row, wall balls, chest to bar, box jump overs on a high box, and then dumbbell snatches where the reps are doubled from that. But there's a minute rest after each round of it. So it's cool in that they built in intervals to it. I really like that it's ascending because I think that that's a little bit more tactical than descending. When descending, you can kind of just rip at it and hope that you can hold on. But I like the way that this builds up. And I think that that round of 25 is going to surprise a lot of people. Interesting. Uh, right, left equals one. We have never yeah. seen that before. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I'm, I mean, obviously it works with the uneven, um, yeah. you know, rep scheme better. Um, but I'm curious if, if, you know, how they, how they 
if that's something we might see in the future at other things, but yeah, that, that was, that was interesting. You think about it. Like if you want to be relevant in this workout, you're going to have to end each round probably with an unbroken set of dumbbell snatches. So you're ending your workout after the three rounds of it with 50 unbroken dumbbell snatches. And I think that that's going to be nasty. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I like this workout a lot. Um, really, really cool chipper. Um, and the one minute rest in between is very interesting. It, it changes things up a little bit as opposed to if it was, you know, if you just were kind of, kind of running it through without the rest. Um, so yeah, very curious to see how people do on this. Um, and like you said, I mean, you kind of have to go unbroken on those dumbbells because they're so light. So it's going to be, it's a bit, I think you have to on like for, if we're talking elite field and just oh, yeah. probably the RX, you have to do unbroken on all the movements. Like <laughs> you can't break 20, 20, 14 pound wall balls for a set of 15, 20 and 25 in an interval. You probably can't break the chest of bar more than once on the later sets. You've got to go unbroken in the beginning. And then you got to keep a good clip going on the box jump bar. It's like, it's a, it's a cool and pretty nasty workout that sort of says like, you like, you, you want to be a part of this. You're going to, you got to go fast and you got to figure out a way to hold on. I actually think people kind of underestimate, underestimate generally box jump overs and at 30 and 24 inches, I actually think those are going to be really, really challenging for people in the second and third rounds. I think you're going to see that really slow people up in the second and third rounds. And my guess is, I, you know, Justin, you tell me too, that's probably where you spend the most time in the workout. And so we yep. talk a lot about like, you know, I might double fuck myself with what I said before, but uh, we talk a lot about like identifying where you can gain or lose the most ground in a workout and building around that. I think with the box jump overs being where the most time is spent, trying to keep a faster pace there is really important. So if that means maybe you break your chest to bar once so you can keep your heart rate down or you, you know, or you row a little bit slower so that you can keep a pace better on the boxes, that's probably going to pay off a lot. Yeah. I was thinking about the row when I thought about the one minute rest, like I know 15, 20, 25, you can't make up a huge time, but you're feeling good. You just had a minute rest. You go and you rip that rower again and oh man, you just jack that heart rate right back up before right. you got to get on the wall balls. And at, at what benefit, right? Like you could row, you know, the difference between rowing 1400 and 1600 over 15, 20 or 25 gals is a couple seconds. Yeah. So it's really not going to pay off that much. And I do think that's kind of a sucker's buy-in there, which is cool. Almost in the way that the, uh, the row is sort of a sucker's buy-in that, that, that got me pretty bad in the open. And I definitely <laughs> think you're going to spend the most time on the box, especially with the standard of that. You have to be facing the box on every single box jump, which is going to, which is basically not going to promote bounding. So you're going to be, you're going to have to jump off and turn around, or you're going to have to step down. Um, so that, that, means for sure that it's, you're going to have to step down or, I mean, or that you're going to, you know, not going to be able to bound, which is going to take more time. And it, it's going to, it's going to, that part of the workout will definitely favor the taller athletes too, um, for sure. the 30 and 24. Now, so that's going to be interesting. What you, so it does say you can bound or step, which, you know, there was a strict you, standard on this before, but do you think. But it says you have inches, to face the box and I. No, it doesn't. No, it, yeah, doesn't. it does. It starts line. with facing the box. No, it says athlete may, uh, the box jump over starts. It says facing and box. lateral are permitted. Mm, okay. I just so read then, the movement center. So, so you can do it kind of any way. And I do think that at a higher box for shorter athletes, you kind of, it encourages jumping. So it may actually well, keep the that, pace a little bit faster. But I, but I think that's confusing because they say box jump overs, the box jump starts with the athlete facing the box and finishes with the athlete jumping over the box. So if you're, if you have to start facing a box, how can you do it laterally? 
If you click on scorecard, sure. Soroka, and go down to page five of the scorecard for box jump overs. But you do understand what start, I'm saying, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it starts, that, starts the athlete on one side of the box and finishes with the athlete jumping over the box. Facing and lateral are permitted. So okay. perhaps that, conflicting. Yeah, um, that's conflicting. And and because, I mean, first line of the box jump over. Right on, there. It's the first line right there on that one, Soroka. Yeah. Yeah. And on the video, he was definitely going more lateral. And first line so, on movement standard says the box jump starts with the athlete athlete facing. So that's something we'll have to get clarified. So before you do anything, if anyone's watching this, make sure that you understand that you get this clarified um, because that could obviously um, make a big difference because lateral is obviously much faster. Um, but if it comes down that, uh, or lateral bounding is faster, but if it comes down that you have to face the box, you don't want to have to do this and then not get credit for it. And always, always, always read all of the standards yourself, have somebody else read them, show up 30 minutes earlier than you think to the gym so that you can prepare things and set up for the workout. And any other questions you have, feel free to DM us. But uh, I think we have to cut the show now. I know our, our producer has some other things going on. He was gracious enough to get us on here. Setup should be pretty easy. Yeah, I guess that chipper yeah. is probably the... I think they did a great the... job so far with making the workouts very easy to set up and get done, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Like one line from the rig just to make Make sure everything's kind of on that side of it and that other than that it's pretty pretty yeah. solid cool Should well be fun hopefully next week we can jump on and talk about the second week of workouts uh and get a recap on first week take a look at the leaderboard and uh you know maybe Shroka next week can schedule whatever date he's got whatever hot date he's going on he could schedule for one hour later and maybe we can uh talk a little bit more Hey, maybe uh, maybe my mic will work next week. Maybe Keeper won't uh, get it, you know, invaded maybe by I aliens. Can find a brighter light for uh, uh, any yeah. light at this yeah. point in time. I have I, I have two. Sure. I have one here and one here, uh, it, and neither of them are working. Clearly, so all right, and there we go. <laughs> We're obviously a little rusty on this podcast, yeah. but we we love you all. <laughs>